go-to man. Israel Folau! Is he? Is he in? You better believe it. New Zealand Rugby's organised a crisis <laughs> meeting with uh, Stephen Larkin. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to the 25th episode of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss fantasy super rugby, the game they play online in heaven. If you haven't worked it out yet, this week I, Harry, will be your host, with Kagi leaving us for Melbourne to do his first Honest Day's work for 2019. Uh, joining me tonight, I have the OG League's back-to-back wooden spooner, Nelson. Are you okay? I'm going for the three-peat. <laughs> I... I- I can make myself feel decent by knowing I was much better than a few people throughout the season. I just lost the playoff. Didn't lose the table, I lost the playoff. All right, you keep telling yourself that. I'm glad that you <laughs> found a way to get through the nights. Personally, I've had a pretty good week. I went down to Wiley this week, uh, round two, and he did get the edge on me then for the season three to two from our matchups, but he didn't do enough to, uh, to take away my round one lead, so I'm into the big dance. Against uh, against Nabung, who had a similar kind of event, went down this week, but had the total points to get through in to the uh, grand final. And I know Nelson, you always like talking about uh, Nabung's total points scored for the season. How he got to the grand final? Tell yeah. us about that. So out, out of eight teams, he actually got the seventh highest total points. So he seventh uh-huh. highest total points. He only got uh, the only person that got worse was Harry Tucker. The guy that just beat you? Yeah. Okay. But I beat him four out of five matchups. So, I mean, one of the things that we keep coming back to is um, just playing the man. Um, he's obviously <laughs> it's rubbish. Of it. you, just, you can't listen to that rubbish. I've only got one thing to say to you, Nelson. Oh, it's not very good, is it? No, it's not very good at all. <laughs> Shame. 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 It would have been good. Shame. just took too long. Shame. You didn't, just didn't execute. Shame. Typical Harry. Typical Harry. This only goes for 10 hours. That's right. We'll keep going. (laughs) More entertaining than your... That was was the NBN. (laughs) Yeah. Letting us down by the Australian government. You know you could have just prepped it by letting it download. No, I did. (laughs) I genuinely (laughs) did. Uh, Anyway, to plug ourselves, check out the website, draftrugby.com, for all our articles and content. It includes the casualty ward. We do update it through the finals and just try and keep the teams that are relevant. Uh, the fantasy round in review, which is generally how the players have gone or the teams have gone for the Super Rugby teams. And uh, the OG League blog as well, which obviously has what we were just talking about, how our competition's going in their final round this week. Yeah, I mean, and if you haven't been up to date with it, make sure you head across to Instagram. We've got some pretty cool graphics and, and head-to-head matchups and performances from each week and, and how the players got their points. Yeah, and you'll find us at uh, Draft Rugby on Twitter, Facebook, and the Gram. That's it. For the entree this week, we're serving up a review of the Fantasy Super Rugby semi-finals, while the juicy main course is what you can expect in the grand final this week. For dessert, figure there isn't much chance talking stat predictions anymore, so instead, Nelson, I thought we'd just give you an, 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 an opportunity, unscripted, just to tell us what went wrong with your year, so when people turn it off, we can uh, we can be drowned out by your excuses. Luck. <laughs> That's it. That's I don't want to know. Hold it for dessert. No spoilers. That's what we're You're not saying. very good at the spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers thing. All right. Speaking of the football, yes. Let's get into it, Nels. The uh, the semi final number one. We had the Haguares versus Brumbies. You I take be- the lead. I believe. Yeah, I'll take the lead on this one. 
So the fantasy scores kind of reflected exactly how the actual game went. You had the Haguaros on 603 fantasy points versus the Brumbies 365. Wait, if we're reflecting on how the game went, I'm going to guess the Brumbies got 15 fantasy points. Is that right? Yeah, close. 365. <laughs> close. Uh, the actual match score was 39-7 to 7 Haguaros over the Brums, and it was one-way traffic for pretty much 79 minutes. Yeah, from the get-go. <laughs> right, right from kick-off, basically. <laughs> the one minute where the Brums scored a try, I thought. Yeah. So that looked good. So returning for this one, you had R- Ramiro Moyano from around 16, Salas, or calf tear. He was expected to be out for four to six weeks, so he got back quite early for this one. So good on him. He came off the bench and only got a few minutes, sadly, for me. Yeah, who, who, did he come on from... No, he didn't come on from Cancellari. He came on from Moroni? No, he came on for Cancellari as well. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think he got it, got anything out of it. Okay. You're about to prove me wrong, are you? No, I looked up Cancellari and he says 80 minutes. Okay, good. So, uh, let's say... So, starting this one off, the Haguares pumped up coming through the tunnel was awesome to see, Nels. You remember oh. the image of Pablo Matera just about to rip someone's head off as his mates just pushed him through the tunnel? That is That is awesome. I think, like... I was getting goosebumps and I was getting pumped just watching that. I mean, I can only imagine walking through what that would be like. It just reminded me of the old school, like, schoolboys yeah. rev up. So you had the team behind you just shoving you around as you're going through the tunnel. Best I've ever walked out to is a, about our whole school, what, a thousand odd people pretty much lined up, slapping you all on the back as you run through, singing songs and, and beating the drum. And that just looked like the same thing. Yeah, Absolutely. So it was their first Super Rugby semi-final at home, or at all really, but at home as well for the Haguaros. And how good was the crowd? They were singing yeah. songs, vocal, had the flags going. It was an awesome, awesome Sold out midweek pretty much as well. So, Huge. I mean, it, it was always going to be big. Yep. Good. I was waiting for you to keep going then. It's always going to be big. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so first try, this one, basically there was a cheeky little chip over the top. Rob Valentini completely fluffed the catch. Mm-hmm. It was just straight through the bread basket. Uh, young man making a big, big error. And Kubeli, or Kubeshi, sorry, just picked it up off the loose ball and scores very, very early on in the game. That was like a signal to both of us pretty much instantly that they were going down. Like, yeah, that was terrible. I was sitting there watching it with one of the other draft boys, Blake, and just immediately said they're done. This game was going to be close. You can't do that. Yeah. Game over. And, and Kibeli was in my opponent's team. And I went, well, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and you were right. Yeah. Uh, after 18 minutes, then the Haguaris had a rolling mall that had a lot of momentum. The Brumbies pulled it down. Definitely, definitely pulled yeah. it down. I thought penalty try immediately, but uh, ref let it go. Two phases later, Rob Simmons, uh, <laughs> sorry, Tom uh, Lavanini. Yep. Lavanini dove over Similar. from the close range. Yeah. He didn't have a Rob Simmons game, though, nah. to be fair to him. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I just thought the Brumbies were absolutely awful in the first 20 minutes. It was already 20 to nil. The Haguares had 71% of possession. Uh, after 23 minutes, that's stolen four of the Brumbies' lineouts, which is meant to be one of the best lineouts in the comp. Falau Fainga's throwing was terrible. He was oh. completely rattled. He was yelling and screaming because people were in the lineout and closing the gap. They were just all over the shop. Yeah, they were literally, the, the key word you said there was rattled, and you could tell. As soon as that sort of thing started going against them, they couldn't really get themselves back into the game well enough or build that momentum. 
I um, I wrote down, you know, after 20 minutes, the Brumbies were so inaccurate in every facet of the play. The line out, the ruck, the passing, their handling. They just couldn't get anything going. But then as the game went on, I just had to keep editing the note. After 30 minutes, the Brumbies were so bad. After 40 minutes, the Brumbies were so bad until I got to... The Brumbies were just so terrible for the entire game. I noticed that you did write that down. How did you spell inaccurate? Uh, very inaccurately. <laughs> Felair Fahengas, uh, he did manage to score a try, just kind of hit and spin on the line. Yeah. Didn't do much for his fantasy score, though. He had a pretty big, yeah, pretty he, bad week. He got, what, 15 points from the try? Yeah. As well as, I think he got, like, 12 or 14 points, 14 points from line outs, and that was pretty much him for the whole whole game. Yeah. Well, it was very uncharacteristic for him. The Brumbies did have 22 line-out attempts in the in the game. Yeah, far out. Only made 18 and four misses in a row off the start, so obviously they did sort it out later, but 22 is huge. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Matthias Moroni, Matthias Moroni made a big line break and a try assist after half time. I was really confused watching it just because Joe Powell was out running Tom Banks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Banks is really just he doesn't God, like defending at all. He does not like defending. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put him anywhere near a wall. He's saying no. Nah. But he was actually like he made it look like he was chasing. But the very fact that Powers <laughs> going quick air shows that he wasn't. He was acting. Yeah, hundred percent he was. It's, He's good at it's it. the rugby version of the flop. Like you just yeah. treadmill. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. He, he was on a treadmill. He in the end, Moroni managed to throw that inside pass to Orlando. Had Bangs actually attempted to mm. run him down, which he should have, because he's so much quicker than Orlando, yeah. it should have been an easy stop to the try, and the momentum would have been gone out of their game. Yeah, it's dreadful. Um, where to from there? Marias Orlando scored a double. He was the fantasy player of the week, I think, wasn't he? he just was absolutely was. huge. Yeah, he, he I don't was. think any of us expected that. No, definitely against it. I was tossing up between picking him or Kurandrani to start with similar points per minute through the whole year, and I uh, sadly went for Kurandrani. You went to the choo-choo. So did I. <laughs> I went choo-choo as well, but Orlando was never even on it for me. No. I didn't want to. Oh, I considered it, but I didn't expect this. I was looking for positives to talk about the Brumbies game. The only one I could find is it took well into the second half, but the Brumbies did finally get some scrum dominance. It was nowhere near what I thought it would be, yeah. but eventually it happened. Look, yeah, came that, that set piece came too late, as you said. The the line out started slow, the scrum started slow, and, and they just that is a huge basis of their game, and that's mm. what something that that they going into that match would have known that that's what they had to dominate, and they couldn't. Yeah, and it probably explains that that stat that we set up the at the front of this uh, this one, where after twenty minutes they had seventy one percent of possession. The Aguirre, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the actual full game, possession was even in the end, 50-50, so the Brumbies did get a lot more ball going later into the match. The Haguaras did have a little bit more of the territory, though, 55-45. to 45. The Haguaras scored five tries to the Brumbies' one. Far out. And they kicked six of seven kicks compared to Brumbies, who cares, one of one. 100%. Uh, 100%, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant <laughs> performance. Uh, defenders beaten 31-6, to six, the Haguaras over the Brums. Yeah, it's crazy. And clean breaks, 8-2. to two. Offloads, 7-2. to two. So it was just one-way traffic through all the big main attacking stats. <clears throat> uh, the one that really stood out for me for the for the Brums was the tackles. They have one of the best defensive lines in the comp. And yep. I was talking them up pre-game, saying how hard they would be to crack. And then Rob Simmons, Lavanini, <laughs> uh, got through their line. They only got 76% of their tackles. That's 100 out of 131. 31 misses. Yeah, that is atrocious. Whereas the Haguares, on the other hand, pumped up. They made 95% of their 113. Only missed eight. And that's massive. No, six. Yeah, that's massive. Yeah, so, huge. 
Something that's going to definitely be needed next week. Uh, Lineouts I mentioned missed the Brums had missed four in the first twenty three, and then after that it was pretty even. The Haguaras went eleven from eleven, so they couldn't Brums couldn't get any of theirs. I thought really interesting was how the Haguaras actually chose to attack the Brumbies lineout in the first half. They always jumped at the back pod no matter what, and the caller just kept on calling it. Just kept yep. on calling for the the tight long the tight long throw. Yep, crazy. Fantasy man of the match and man of the week, we've already mentioned. Matias Orlando, he had 94 points with nine carries for 70 metres, three line breaks, six tackle busts, two offloads, ten tackles, two tries, one try assist, and a turnover one. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, pretty good around the paddock. Good, good size. <laughs> Haguarez also had Thomas Gubeshi on 58 points, who had a good game with that early try. Matias Moroni, 54 points, really impressed on the wing. Yep. Um, Emiliano Boferci, I mean Boferli, 53 <laughs> points, who looked good and got better as the game went on. And Thomas Lavanini, 46 points. Uh, no Brummies worth a mention. Boferci, Boferli, talking about that, I was listening, was it the Fox Sports commentary that was atrocious? That yeah, they were saying could barely. They were getting, yeah, all the names wrong. And No, no sorry, I, I'd flicked on, uh, I think it was Radio Sports, no, rugby.com.au. They have com- live commentary. Right. And uh, they were calling the Hagueries and things like that. Like it was just you could tell they weren't rugby fans. It was terrible. You're right. Um, so the next That's match what you get for going to rugby.com.au to look for your uh, commentary. You got to do it when you're driving. Um, Crusaders versus the Hurricanes, and boy, this was a good game. The Crusaders got up thirty to twenty six, um, but the Hurricanes got up six hundred forty to four hundred eighty seven uh, fantasy points. Yeah, so, so they won it where it counts. Yeah, exactly right. Moanga got top, but then the next following eight were actually from the Hurricanes. Um, people that returned, Vafa Feeder, he returned after his three week ban um, from his tackle on Dan Dupree. And he came onto the bench. Matty Proctor was a late change back in after his pec injury. Um, new injuries were Ryan Crotty, who looked like he probably seriously hurt his thumb because he did not look comfortable. No, he did not want to leave. Getting a lot of attention. But, yeah, they, and they took him off. Scotty Barrett, he also did his finger. Um, didn't come out from the, the sheds onto the field at half time. Richie Moe. I should say as well, Crotty and Barrett both going for x-rays. So if yep. they have fractures, they're gone. Otherwise, they're fine. Yeah, both Richie Moe and Joe Moody had shoulder injuries that niggles. they got taken off for. Yeah. But they're both, ex- well, not niggles. One, Dane Coles is huge late shoulder charge oh, yeah. into Richie Moe's shoulder was his one. Yeah. So yeah, it's hardly a niggle. But he's, they're both expected to be fit. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, look, the the Crusaders, this was this is an interest, interesting game. The Crusaders had a um, second half resurgence from the Hurricanes, um, which set up their home to side against the Haguaras. Um, they actually were outscored four tries to three, and pretty much all the statistics went in favour um, of the Hurricanes. The the big thing that sort of went towards the, the Crusaders were Richie Moanga kicked three from three conversions, but also three from three penalties, while Bowden Barrett kicked three from four conversions, and Geordie Barrett had that long-range penalty attempt. Hit the um, Hit the post, so zero mm. from one. I mean, that's, that's, what, five points left out there. Um, they had less cracks at it. Penalty and a they conversion. Went, you know I'm saying they went down by four. They went they? down by four. So yeah, there you go. that 100% success rate um, from more kicks, Crusaders. That that's what got them over it. Hmm. Um, Crotty. So this all started off with that that try. Um, Crotty kicked the ball after Bridge retrieved it from that up and under. Um, 
Kicked in the backfield. The Hurricanes, Ben Lamb had shot in as soon as he realized the Crusaders had the ball. Um, and the kick went over the back. Severis sweeped it up and, and scored in the corner. Um, it just looked a little bit scattered for me. As, as soon as the Crusaders got that ball from that up and under, the, the Hurricanes all bunched up. They didn't seem to keep composed. They didn't mm. seem to think about, okay, let's, let's get the players out. Instead, they all bunched up, and that's what created that space. Um, and obviously it was a smart game plan. The Crusaders have done numerous kicks all year round into those corners and, and it worked for them yet again. But it was a really good kick from, from Crotty. Um, Hurricanes, they, they scored through uh, Lamarpe within a minute just before halftime. Basically, he just he had the pass on for Ben Lamb and he went, no, nah, there's only seven guys in front of me. I'll take it myself. He did the Lamarpe thing and just <laughs> yeah. steamed his way to the try line no matter who was in the way. Yeah, exactly right. He made it hard on the team to score, but he just went, no, nah, don't I? I'll do it, boys. Yeah. Um, and then just after the whistle, so within the minute after halftime whistle, Ben Lamb scored off that beautiful little uh, um, flick pass from TJ Perinara, which was just Down awesome. short side, how good awesome was that? Awesome skill. He actually sucked three defenders in, palmed one off, two guys grabbed him, and then he did that flick to create the space um, for, for Benny Lamb. Blam! Yeah, on the side. Form has been outrageous as yeah, well, TJ. So, I mean, everything... Now the I, most capped hurricane as well. Look, I was going to say it later, but I'll happily say it now. He should be the starting All Blacks number nine. Yeah, look... I think the thing working against him is that uh, he's not seen to be the Mr. Consistency. You know, like he's seen as being the rough the rough finisher that can yeah. get in there and break the game apart later on, whereas I don't think it works the other way quite as well. Yeah. But I don't know, just playing for 60 minutes because the more he's on the field, the better he is. Yeah, I mean, he is an impact player, but he can do that impact for 80 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he doesn't have the uh, disciplinary record of Aaron Smith as well. It's true. So, come on, you want to... Toilet. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Disabled. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, so a little, little, bit, little bit of a sneaky thing for you there, eh? A bit, bit of a grubby thing to do. <laughs> um, yeah, look, so that was two tries that the, the Hurricanes basically scored within a, a two-minute um, period there. So just as momentum started to seem like it was shifting back their way, only three minute, minutes later... Um, James Marshall overran the ball off another kick from the Crusaders. Sivari swooped it up once again and then did that little inside ball to Mwanga who, who ran it under the post and scored. So their first two tries, off kicks. In a fresh face, only been on the field for a minute or two, mm. overran it and, then, and another little mistaken, I suppose, defensive read. Um, it, it was obviously a fast-paced game, but they were, the, both teams were gassed and had to make some early subs as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, it that's... just made a big difference. And, I mean... I was going to say earlier on that I thought the Hurricanes suffered from the, the lack of depth on their, their bench. I think that's probably a little bit too simplistic. I actually was surprised that they did as well as they did in the second half. Mm. But that's a pretty blatant error from someone that's not a top-class player in your <clears> team. Yeah, no, it was it was too... Like, it was quite clearly a game plan. They were plugging into that corner, which actually was Ben Lamb's corner... Um, and, and thinking that well, we know he's slow to turn around and we know he's slow to react and it put pressure on the defenders around him as well because it meant he wasn't necessarily back James Marshall had to shoot out to try and get it um, and, and that's sort of a little bit where that confusion came from yeah for sure um, I also want to highlight uh, that next Lel Marpe try 
So Goodhue, he, he was running the ball out wide. It looked like he may have fumbled it, but he kind of looked like he was also trying to throw the, the offload attempt. It went to ground, and Lamalpe just pounced on it, kicked that ball through. Um, Havili looked like he just slipped over. Um, it didn't even look like he was going for the tackle. He kind of just slipped over at the feet of Lamarpe, who sticks his chest out, which the commentators were frothing on, sticks his chest out, arms beside him, bounces that ball forward off his chest, slips over, picks it up and scores. Now, no one else has said it prior to this. I haven't read anyone else saying it, but that knock forward from the chest, it's it's too close for a knock on for me. Like, it's... Le- yeah, it's legal. By, by it's legal. legal. By the rules, it's legal, 100%. But I could also see something where they, they flick the ball to pass to someone and you hit it off your chest to, to move it forward and then you get tackled and you get tackled without the ball. How does that work? Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't catch the ball. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a fair fair question. So, like, it's, it's, Try it this weekend, see that? Yeah, I'll be back next week. <laughs> um, it, or a little header over, that's what I'll try. Someone flick, pops the ball up and you header it over the line. It's like a little chip. Um, Good idea. Yeah, I've thought about it for a long time. You've got a new playbook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, then after that, Sever Reese, he just had one of the best brilliant, some best finishes um, because it was against Bowden Barrett, that little goose step. It's been a while since someone's pulled off a goose step like that, um, and he ran in for that, that second try, but he just bamboozled Bowden and Barrett. Like the bees there. See what I did? Alliteration? Yeah, I did do that. You shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't stress it like that, though. <laughs> yeah. Don't no, no point it out. <laughs> no. Um, I was just proud of myself. I was just going to say, Severo Reese is now officially the top try scorer for the season. Obviously, you know, Haguardos are going to catch him. I think he's on 14. Yeah. Lamape on 12 is second. This is the second season of the last three that Lamape has come second. Yeah. Always the bridesmaid. Yeah. Remember Vince Asso was first and he was second oh, that year a couple of years ago as well? Oh, was well, that three years ago? No, I think, when they won the I think it was two, two, yeah, two I think, years ago. I think that's right. Yeah, I think yeah. right. Because then Asso was, didn't do much last year with injury yeah. and then again this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, the Hurricanes game plan was just, I suppose, all over the shop for that first 40. Um they, they came out firing in that second half. I don't know what they talked about, but they, they knew that they couldn't sit back and, and try to do what they were doing in that first half, and they came out firing. And Look, someone that led the way for me for them was Perinara. He literally did everything he could. Um, th- I mean, he's done everything he can this season to, to get them to the point of the, that semi-final and try to get them the, the win for the season, but... Hit that try that he scored as well, that large dummy or huge dummy he threw that probably no one fell for, but created enough space for him to dive into it. He clearly it. did fall for it because he went through and scored. Yeah, they, look, they were they were on the back foot. They didn't seem to push up on him, and maybe that's he set set their sort of uh, feet with that dummy. But he did that brilliantly. Mm. Then dove through, full arm reach, placed the ball on the line. It just looked looked perfect. Um, so that's where I was going to sort of say I think he, he's deserving that uh, higher honours in terms of a starting spot. But he'll, he'll get a crack definitely in the um, maybe the lesser oh, yeah. games or over the next few games. He'll be on the bench for all the major games. Of course. He'll pro, and he'll get some good minutes in the others as well. Yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah. Um, one thing after the game was interesting. I agree with it. TJ Perinara, uh, he rightly called out a mistake. He didn't. He wasn't saying... The ref had done anything wrong, but he, he said that there was a, a clear mistake where Sam Whitelock illegally knocked the ball out of his hands. 
So he's come through the ruck and smacked it out of his hands. This was essentially the end of the match, right? Which it was the end of the match because that was the, the scrum that the Crusaders got. They won that scrum. They and kicked they kick the ball out. out. Yeah. So And that was only five between 5 to 10 metres out, almost in front of the post. They're down by four. Kick to the, the corner or, or whatever they want to do. Go for a scrum because it might have been a, a little bit of trickier sort of a little bit more pressure on with that. I was going to say as well, though, the Hurricane scrum was actually quite yeah. good all game. It, it was. was surprising. I thought they were going to get pummeled. Mm. I don't know. That's both games this week. The It was a bit of set a surprise piece, yeah. with set piece. Um, but, yeah, look, that that could have been realistically an opportunity for the Hurricanes to win that match. Um, but was it uh, – who was the – um, ref. Nick Berry. Nick Berry, yeah. He he was actually a very good ref, ref throughout the whole time. He just didn't see that. So uh, it's a bit of a tricky one. It, it's easy, especially being so close to the end of the match, to look back on that. Um, but, yeah, look, I think it was just a a, a a mistake, and that sort of thing happens when you're, you're only human. And there's, there's other people saying it now as well, which even this weekend it's come back up. But the thing that you talked about, three years ago now about yeah. being able to challenge a call yeah so actually having a, a, a challenge system in place um, so the the coach or the ref uh, coach or the captain can make a call to challenge it and if you lose it that's that done like in many other sports yeah it also takes that pressure away from a ref because he makes a decision and then it comes down to the the, the, the coach or the captain to, make, to actually I make think a decision alright so uh, you also wanted to point out Harry Isaiah Walker-Liawere, Kagi's yep. favourite new lock. Yep. I thought he had his best game of the entire season. Yep. Running the ball, set piece. He was everywhere. I thought he was one of the best in the Hurricanes team. For a young guy, I think he's got huge, huge points in him next year. Yep. He's going to be an absolute weapon for the Hurricanes. Uh, they kept him on for the whole 80 minutes again when he couldn't even get a start in the, in the 15 yep. team, starting 15 at the start of the season. He was even getting left out of the 23 for a while there. Uh, he got 80 minutes over James Blackwell two weeks in a row for both finals. He's a weapon, man. I'm so excited to see him play next year. He's definitely a talent. He's, he's a bit of a freak. And it would be interesting. Um, they had Sam Lousy as well. I mean, like you take a few injuries like that away, and that's why he's got probably some of that chance. Absolutely. Um, that's he's obviously capitalized. gone next year as well. Yep. Vera Fafita playing at six with him at uh, at five. I think yep. it's very, very exciting. Yep. Um, I also just wanted to point out, just quickly before we go into team stats, we'll run through it real quick. I'm going to say players that you said were going to have a good week, and you tell me if you think they had a good week or bad week. This is what you said last week. I'm, I'm saying if, they'd have ha- if they have end up having a good week, or if I said they were going to have a bad no, week. No, no, I'm going to read through the people you expected to be good, oh, and okay. you tell me how their week was. Yeah. So, Dane Coles. Yeah, he killed it. He killed it. Adi Sevilla. He was good. Acceptable. You said he was going to be better than expected. TJ Perinara. He was good. Yeah. He was good. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. Going well, three from three. Matt, Matt Todd. Yeah, finals Todd. Good. Pretty, pretty poor. 35. 35. No, 35's all right. 30 point Todd. No, yeah, it's 35. He's finals. finals. He's better than that. He is. Five points. Kieran Reid. Oh, he's a bit of a letdown, actually. Yeah. Uh, David Harvilly. Whoa, 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 whoa. What about Richie Moonga, mate? <laughs> I'm going to come back to Richie Moonga. David Harvilly was a bum. Yeah, so that was a big fail from you. And yes, of course, Richie Mo did very so well. Seven from eight. But did it's Richie right. Mo do better than expected? Yeah, 100%. 71 points. He got 82 last week. Okay, how about... These are people you said were going to struggle. Yeah. Bowden Barrett. Uh, yeah, battled. Yeah, and he got 70 points. <laughs> uh, Nani Lohmarpe. Terrible. Yeah. Grant, two, two tries, 67 points, yeah. <laughs> yeah. These two I'll give to you. Scott Barrett, Sam Whitelock. 
18 points each. That was pretty good, right? That is good. Yeah, That's a good prediction. Against the world. So you're, you're probably just over a pass. What are you talking about? I'm like 8 from 13. 9 from 13. You were not. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> All right, so team team stats, possession and territory. So the, the possession and territory went 54% towards the Hurricanes. Other than that, I mean, they had... What, you're freaking out a bit of time here. We've only got three games to get through, mate. They had 42 tackle busts compared to the Crusaders' 17. That is ridiculous. Huge. They had 11 offloads compared to 7, and they made 92 of their 109 tackles, so 84%, while the Crusaders made 88 out of 130. That is 68%. That th- is not even dinner for two territory, Harry. I think, I think that is the worst tackle percentage I can remember for the year. The it's Crus- got to be up And there. it's by the Crusaders with it's the best defence in the in, comp. Yeah, and in a semi-final. Fantasy man of the match, Richie Moe, 71 points, 12 carries for 96 metres, two line breaks, three tackle busts, one offload and one try. Other Crusaders, meh, no one really did too well. There was literally no one else. Literally no one else. The next eight were the Hurricanes. Bodie Barrett with 70 points. Nani Lamape with 67. You both said they were going to be crap. Uh, Dan Cole, 64 points. Ben Lamb, blam, with 53. Artie Sevilla, 49. And Geordie Barrett, 48. I did enjoy seeing Blam go well. Yeah. And he did the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's he did good well to last watch. week as well. I do love him. Yep. He's here around next year, is he saying? I think he... Oh, I don't I actually don't know. I don't think he is actually. Um, should we both just go radio silence and find out? Yeah, no. Look, I'll, I'll just talk about how good Benny Lamb has been this year. Does that sound like a good thing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. So, no. I mean, in, in, no. I'm gonna say in comparison <laughs> to previous years. So previous years, he's been top try scorer. He's been absolutely on fire and, and lighting the world light. He faded the back end of last year. He's shown glimpses of that talent again this year, but these last two weeks have been probably two of his best weeks. Um, he's scored a few more tries, something that we, we didn't see him score for, for half the year, I'd, I'd say. Um, how you going, Harry? Yeah, I'm getting nowhere. I, I can tell you that he did play this year. He played this year? <laughs> <laughs> Can confirm. Would, would you say Ben Lamb is in the runnings for you for the All Blacks? Uh, for me, yes. For them, no. Yeah, I'd say no. Um, okay, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm pretty sure he's back next year. Anyway, let's move on. Main course. Yes. Oh, Nelson. Under attack by the dogs. Settle down. Come down, Rosie. <laughs> All right, let's get the Morhach back up. Oh, you that, Paulie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the grand final of Super Rugby this year, Nelson. The is coming over to New Zealand to play the Crusaders at uh, Australian Eastern Standard Time, 5.30 on Saturday. I think it's 7.30 Saturday for New Zealand, and I think it's Different like, time for I'm just going to have a stab in Argentina. It's uh, 8 a.m. Friday. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Right on your calendar. That sounds terrible. Good. So injuries... I think it's a midweek game for them. Isn't it? Like Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So injuries in this one. We already mentioned Ryan Crotty and Scott Barrett are under some injury clouds while we're waiting their X-rays. While Richie Moe and Joe Moody did have shoulder injuries, but are expected to be fit. Famous last words: If Richie Moe is gone, I'm putting my house on the uh, Haguares. By the way. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Uh, returning, the Haguares uh, have, have named, I think, a 32-man squad to travel so that they can basically have their whole... There you go, Ben Lamb sticking with Hurricanes. Thanks, Nels. This, this is actually signed last year, so we're pretty slow. 
Does that mean that that was this year, though? So, until the end of the 21s, 2021 ah, nice. season. Okay, good. So, Lucas Polos is back uh, the lock from his concussion. Apparently, he's been preferred over Alamanor. Not Alamalo. Alamalo. Uh, yeah. Juan Manuel Ligizamon has also overcome his injury. I think he got pulled before round, I want to say 16, just yeah, before the game, in. or was it 18? Uh, back in the, yeah, injured no. pre-game and, and didn't make the squad, so yeah. he's back. And they're going to play him over Gorison, yes. who has been very no, good. No, was Gorison was on the bench this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Gorison's so. out of the 23 this yeah, week. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to cue in the, uh, the weatherman, <laughs> and he's going to channel straight to me. I believe it's going to be about 6 degrees come kickoff time. There's a high of 10 for the day, so it's, you know, unless 7.30 at night, it'll cool down a few degrees. Yep. There's going to be scattered showers throughout the day, about one th- one in three chance of rain. So I'm expecting greasy, wet, cold footy. Now, so you've got one in three chance of rain at 6 p.m. Yep. What about the rest of the game? Uh, it stays the same for the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Assume. <laughs> assume. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I think the rain favours the Crusaders. They've got the better scrum. Although last week did throw it, you know, a little bit of a... Spanner in the works. Spanner, yeah. Uh, they're better at rucks, and they seem to be able to throw the ball around and play high-quality counter-attacking footy, regardless of what weather there is. They're the only team I've ever seen <coughs> play dry-weather footy in pouring rain. Yep. Uh, look, the, the other thing that I want to point out here, as we all know, the nine-time Crusaders have never... Nine-time champion Crusaders have never lost a home final. It's now at 23 from 23. That's a lot. Uh, the Jaguares, however, yes. have won 11 of their last 12 games. They've won five of eight away games this year, including three or four for their tour in Australasia. They went down to the Highlanders <clears throat> first by five points. Then they beat the Hurricanes in Wellington by eight. The <clears throat> woeful... Horatars by eight. The Horatars. The red, the Sun Reds by eleven as well. <laughs> I like that. Um, so now, I mean, this is this is perfect for me. Now the top, they are the top two attacking and the top two defensive scoring teams per game. So the Crusaders are first with thirty three point two points scored a match, and they concede seventeen point five. While the Haguares a second with twenty eight point nine points per game, and they concede twenty point seven points. So. Very fitting that they are the top two teams in this final. The Hags, their attacking stats just don't seem to be strong there. So we, we said this in the last few weeks. They've been scoring points. Mm. We just don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> because they are 11th on tackle busts with 19.7 per game. They are 13th on offloads with 7.3 per game. And they are 14th with line breaks with 5.1 per game. So they must just be like battering their way over the line like Rob Simmons did in the weekend. Yeah, so maybe they're not Lavanini. Yeah, so they're not they're not busting tackles or throwing offloads or making line breaks. They're just running. All the defenders are holding onto them, and they're still running with those defenders on them. I was going to say they're such big units, but the Brumbies forwards were way bigger on the weekend when you yeah. looked at the numbers. They're just weapons. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're seeming to to get the job done when they need to. Uh, look, I, I think both teams as well like to control the tempo of the game, and they play with a lot of flair on the counter-attack as well. Mm-hmm. I think both teams, I believe, score the most tries in the comp by kicks or through kicks. Yep. So that's Crusaders 1, Haguares 2. Uh, and then I'm thinking Greasy Ball, I would think that they're going to go for more of the same. So Richie Moe just chipping in behind the line or crossfield kicking. 
George Bridge was phenomenal under the high ball last week. Like, Im- immaculate. Yeah. Izzy Falau, who? He was that good under the what, high ball. Why would you bring him up on our podcast, Harry? Because he's in the intro. Um, <laughs> so he's in everyone. <laughs> We're going to have to change that. <laughs> yeah, 2020. You don't change him mid-season. Yeah. Uh, so he, I, I think he's going to be matched up against maybe Cancelliere. But Probably. Uh, that's a mismatch and a half in the air. Yeah, definitely. Cancelliere is a little man. Look, I, I, it's interesting to note that twice last week, the uh, Crusaders scored off the kicks. Mm. Once the week before, they scored off kicks. So that's three tries that they've scored two in, the, in the last couple of games. Mm. What? Um, no, no, that's off Richie Moanga. No, no, because one was Crotty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that was a, that was their third try on the weekend. So there's actually three in the last week itself, and at least one the week before that. Richie Moanga has has set up three tries off kicks in the last two weeks. That's the stat. Yeah, yeah, we discussed this. Okay. Well, you, I can you know, only you know I can this. remember three. Okay. Because they only kicked. They scored three last week, and two of them were off kicks. Yeah. That's, that's all right. So, uh, Ramiro Moyano. So, he looks like he could come in um, to, to make a start. But with Moroni and Cancellari both on exceptional form, uh, it's going to be hard to see where they'd squeeze him into that lineup. Normally, um, I genuinely would have thought they'd put Matias Moroni into outside centre and drop Orlando, but he's been too good. Yeah, especially after what he did last week. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see that happening. So, maybe we see Moyano stay on the bench. Um, but yeah, there's a possibility that we see Surely. him coming. I, I would have thought Cancellieri was the obvious choice. Cancellieri is not on as good a form as well. Yeah. So you, you'd think Moroni would be the one to stay. Uh, also, if Ryan Crotty is actually out, then we expect uh, Jack Goodhue to shift into that um, second five, that 12 uh, uh, role with Braden Enor coming into outside centre um, in 13. It means we'll probably see someone like Will Jordan slide onto the bench. There's also the possibility that Tim Bateman comes onto the bench. Will Jordan offers a little bit more of the, uh, I suppose, he can fill a few more roles, but I don't know then we're, we're probably going to be lacking in the centre role. Yeah, there's, yeah, exactly right. There's enough versatility around there. Though. But you can always shift Hunt, Michael, uh Mitchell Hunt into 12, which well, apparently done before. Well, Reese says that he was playing centre over in Fiji before he came over to... Yeah, but it's Fijian footy. So they're all wings. <laughs> they're all wings. It's, it's all sevens. That's true. Um, also, another another thing to note is Scotty Barrett with his, his uh, injury, if he is actually indeed out, we think we'll see Luke Romano come in to start. Mm. He obviously missed a lot of the season. We think it was through the start of the season with an injury. Um, where Quinton Strange, he got a lot of those opportunities, but we think more than likely it would be Luke Romano coming into that. Yeah, and, and Razor did talk up Quinton Strange at the start of the season and say the high hopes that he had for him and how good he was going to be. But as soon as Romano has been back yeah. from injury, he's been picked over him the whole time. And he's been talked up a lot since his return as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the uh, the second row of the line-out battle is going to be really, really interesting in this one. I was just... I was actually a little bit blown away by how well Lavanini and Guido Petti did last week against the Brumbies and how how uh, efficient their line-out has been with the giant Rory Arnold yep. jumping and just controlling the whole line-out. Um, if they can disrupt the ball like they did against the Brums, I think that could cause some real headaches for the Crusaders. Uh, and the Brums are meant to have a better attacking line-out than the Crusaders, so it's definitely, definitely possible. Um, like I said earlier in the pod, they comp- competed really, really heavily off the back pod, of yep. the, the back jumper, and therefore it would force the Crusaders, assuming they're not as dumb as the Brumbies, to keep just trying to throw that long contested jumper, then it would force them to go to the front 
change their game plan of being able to mm. throw the ball around as much, and you're going to see more of those Crusaders rolling more tries, finals Todd back yeah. in the points. It, it, it limits the ability of the Crusaders to actually get the ball to the, the far wing really quickly, really quickly, which is something that they love to do. To sever is. Yeah, they'll, they're, they're <laughs> the team that they will get it from one wing to the other wing quicker than pretty much any other side. Yeah, probably the Tars are the only other one that do it, but the Tars yeah. don't do it well. That's very fair. Yeah. Um, so we we uh, sort of threw it out to the Twitterverse, didn't we, Harry? We said if anyone has someone we want to do a, a player spotlight on, mm. then, hashtag player spotlight. Uh, yeah. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. We response. we had to just well, we we saw that pretty much everyone was was put out there. So we went for who we were most excited by. Yeah. Is that fair? Is that a fair call? Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually physically couldn't wade through all the hashtags. Yeah. I think I also think there probably were more when people didn't realise how to do hashtags. Yeah. That could be I'm it. Sure. Yeah. So our uh, spotlight for this week is Richie Moe. So he's scored the second most points uh, for the season with 168. He's also made the 13th most tackle busts for the season as a fly-half with 47 tackle busts. Now, he's against Joaquin Diaz Bonilla, Bonisha, um, with a tackle percentage of only 73%. Richie Mo's quicker, Richie Mo runs hard, and he knows how to find those gaps. So that'll be interesting. I think that's somewhere we'll, we'll see a, a big sort of up for him. And let's just say Bonisha does get a hand on him. Don't worry. <laughs> Richie Moe's coming 15th for the most offloads with 17 as well. So he's, that's across all positions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got a 75% goal kicking for the season, but 100% from his 12 kicks in the two finals games so far. So he's a big game player. Yep. He's just racking up points because of his kicking as well. And talking about his boot, yep. his crossfield kicking games already had a mention, but it has been on point. Uh, Bridges' accuracy in the air, I can just see in a wet game, he should set up at least a couple of tries. You know, we did say before, he set up two last week against the Hurricanes and another one against the Highlanders. So he is just that good at setting up crossfield kicks yep. and score, then having teams score off the back of them. So he also, he scored three tries in the last two weeks himself. So two in the quarterfinal, one last week. Um, from the last six finals matches, this is something that, that really interests me. From the last six finals matches, from two quarters, two semis, two grand finals leading up to this week, he has an average of 62 points, fantasy points per match. Now, that is ridiculous. Oh. Yeah. Now, if, if my uh, competition this week is listening, I will be picking him up first. <laughs> I do not blame him. He <laughs> seems like the most reliable, most realistic player to score big. Yeah. So what do you think he's going to score fantasy point-wise this week? Well, I think it'll be a little bit tighter than last week. You know, he got 71 last week, but he ran a month. 82 the week before or something? Yeah, he's sliding. So I think only 65 points this week for him. I'd say a, a try to himself. He's going to kick all his kicks. Uh, there's probably, let's say they get 30 points. It's probably at least 12 points in, in there for him anyway, and at least two assists as well. So what's that work out as? About 60 points. I'm going to say 62. Right. There we go. So, what do the bookies have as as for this week, Harry? Uh, so the bookies have the Haguares with a thirteen point five lead. So the line is minus thirteen point five for the Crusaders. Do you think that's fair? Um, how much are the Crusaders going to win by? 
Well, to, to be honest, I think it's a little bit generous <clears> for the Crusaders. I, I think 13.5 is quite a big line. Wet weather as well. It's probably going to be a tight game if it is raining. And this is, like everyone's been saying, this is the Argentinian <clears throat> national team. You want to see how they go against an international quality team? Well, this is we're about to find out. But 13.5 is a pretty big line. Yeah. Look, I think it's also interesting to note that the Crusaders scored a lot of their tries on the wings. There's no better team to be a winger in Super Rugby, but not many teams score on the wing against the Hagaras. They don't. Hmm. It's very little outside backs actually score against them. They have a, str- a strong defensive line and a, a very good defensive line. So it, it'll be interesting. It'll be. I'll, I'll be surprised if all those tries do come from the wings. I think they're going to have to work in a little bit harder and a little bit tighter. So who's the man that benefits then? I know what you're thinking. Finals Todd, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling Finals Todd to get... He's normally 30-point Todd. He was 35 this week. I'm going to be generous to you and say 28 points. Okay, I'm going 45. Because <laughs> okay. he's got to try him out. I told you, they're going to throw to the front pod, play one of their quick line-out moves, Toddy at the back, Fetu Douglas will be wrongly awarded the try, contested <laughs> after the game, Matt Todd, 45 I'm, I'm calling a Mahi Alatoa try off the bench. All right. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Let's move on. What's the last part after the main course? So it's only taking you, what, 20... 21. No, more than that. 25. 25. (laughs) 25 attempts to finally get it right this year. Yep. I'm proud of you. Kagi threw me normally. I was... It's his fault. Yeah, I think Kagi just (laughs) throws everyone. His presence is not a good thing. Um, That's... I mean, look, if we're going to do this for real, dessert? All right, yeah. I had down as dessert Nelson... This is your one chance. Where did it all go wrong? How does a guy that runs a podcast and has dreams of having a uh, his own fantasy platform come dead last two years in a row? Well, I will say I didn't come dead last in the season. I lost the playoffs to come dead last. I got fifth total points out of eight. I had so many guns on my team. I was one try away from second. And just everything turned to shit. The boys, it's like they went, nah, I'm not doing it for Nelson this year. I want to see Nelson get in the playoff for last place again. I think there was literally all the Super Rugby teams got together, discussed it, and said, let's make that happen. They also made sure Kagi didn't get in the top four. So I'm okay with that one. That's at least a positive. I'm hearing a lot of uh, just guesswork. But not not many excuses. Are you just not good enough? Is that what it is? is it There's not. It's not excuses because it was luck. <laughs> is it always luck? No, last year was shit. This year I had a really good team. I lost a game by one point. I think I lost another game by two points. I had a few little uh, little hiccups where if I had changed a different start, I would have got a couple more wins. I was just sitting outside the top four in terms of actual points. I think. Just didn't go right for me. I think it was only it was a sliver away this year. Last year there was a big difference. I have won before and I've got second two or three times. I just think I've got to go with my gut a little bit more. Do you think that you could come outside of the bottom two next year? I think so. I'm moving up. I think I'll be bottom three next year. <laughs> bottom four. Give me another five years. I'll be back to first. All right. Okay. Well, good times ahead. I've slowly dropped down. Yeah, well, let, let's finish on that note, on, on the high hopes for your future. I've got one more thing to say. Stay slutty.